1: You can follow him on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. Uh, you can listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, a victory Monday. How you doing, sir? Mm, mm. Sorry, you got me mid-chew of my uh, 40 burger that
0: I just dropped <laughs> on the... Uh... Best defense in football. Sorry, let me finish chewing and swap.
1: Uh, f- mm, delicious. Yes, the Cowboys won on Sunday against the Jaguars 40-7. Uh, the last time they scored 40 points in the game was, I believe it was in week eight last year uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, just a total domination, uh, an utter annihilation from the Cowboys on both sides of the ball. And let's go ahead and start with the Cowboys offense. This is what we we pictured the Cowboys' offense looking like when it was going at full throttle. Dak Prescott was fantastic. He was seventeen of twenty-seven for one hundred and eighty-three yards, two touchdowns, but also chipped in eighty-two yards on the ground. Finished the game with a passer rating of one hundred and seven point five and a career high in QBR with ninety-four point seven. Landon, why was Dak so effective in this game?
0: I, I mean, I think again, you know, they they this is. This was obviously the, the the template, you know, for what we are looking for from this offense. I think this is, you know, the way the the, the ball was dis- distributed, the way that the, the offense ran. I mean, obviously the the um, execution part of it, but I think if you look at you know the way they got this offense working, you know, they got Dak moving. Uh, they, I, th- I really do think him getting a lot of, uh, you know, a handful of carries eight to ten to eleven carries is a good thing I, I think that it helps him get into the game it helps him manipulate the defense to help open up windows better um, you know I, I think uh, I think in general that helps him unlock the rest of the offense to perform well. I agree. You know, and, 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 I think the other thing too, that I think that really made a difference in his game is that specifically, and, and maybe this is related to, um, the, to this, that whole situation was, he, it felt like he was stepping up in the pocket a lot better. Um, it felt like he was, uh, you know, taking the shots down the field, you know whether they? I, I think he's starting to understand that taking the shots down the field isn't about necessarily completion. Absolutely, always. yes. You know, I, I think I think it, uh, it's about getting the defense off you know off your back and, and and getting some space for you to operate. And I think you know they just did a. Uh, it just felt like it was. It started to come together. You know, team, They they decided to have their uh, jaguars decided to have their. Uh, you know kind of unconventional way of dealing with Cole Beasley um, and which basically means not, not bracketing him, him,
1: depending on the situation.
0: Well, I mean, not bracketing him is essentially not covering him (laughs) (laughs) because, yeah. And so, you know, and they made him pay for that. And so I think you saw a lot of good things happening. You know, I think you saw Gallup start to gain some of that confidence back, which is more, more of what you need. I just feel like, uh, you know, I've talked about we talked about it before the season. I, this offense, if it was going to work, it, it may not work well up front. It you know may not work well at all. We may end up that this is just a you know fantasy, and this whatever right. this wasn't this was an anomaly. That that is also very true. But uh, I think at this point, it, it's still safe to believe that this offense is still kind of fitting itself together and figuring out what it does well and what it it can rely on. And I think you know the the last piece of that puzzle has been you know how, how Dak throws the ball from inside the pocket, how Dak get wins uh, with his players on the outside, and can they provide for him?
1: See, we're gonna wax poetic about this entire Cowboys offense and defense, but before we do that, I I, I do want to mention that I think Jacksonville looked like, at least to me, they came out entirely too flat in this game. It was almost as if Jacksonville kind of thought they could show up and win this game, I I don't think Jacksonville is going to be this bad. Um, are they as good as they were last year? No, but this is obviously you're not going to see the Cowboys whoop up on all these teams forty to seven over the next couple of weeks. It just happened to be the Cowboys got off to the right game script, and we talked about this on the podcast on on Thursday was if the Cowboys could get off to a quick lead. Jacksonville really doesn't have a, a counterpunch. They can't throw the ball consistently well. Uh, their rushing attack is uh, it's only okay. Bortles is really the the guy to watch out for. The Cowboys got them into the perfect game script, jumped on them early, and from that point it just kind of snowballed on them. So I want to talk a little bit about their their rushing attack, and we'll get to the receivers in a second. Uh, but Ezekiel Elliott, 24 carries for 106 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Dak Prescott, I mentioned him before, 82 yards on the ground. Tavon had two carries for 14 yards. How are the Cowboys able to dominate this front seven, uh, of Jacksonville?
0: Well, uh, you know, I think, I mean, real quick, I, uh, just to kind of go back on your point, like all those things are true. I, I don't know that Jacksonville played their best football game, but, the the point is here that the Cowboys were one of the, you know generally believed to be one of the worst offenses in, in football, and I think if you asked any Cowboys fan, they would have told you that they were worse than that. <laughs> sure. Um, now they went in against a team that is generally considered to be one of the most talented, best in football, a defense, I should say specifically, um, and you know I, I think that this shows you that. If there, if any given Sunday actually exists, then then this shows you that right, like that this, you know, that it's possible even with for a great team to have a bad day and a bad team to have a great day and win, you know, like that's that that's what how close it is even from two completely different ends of talent on on the perceived talent on the uh, in the NFL, right, like the the Jacksonville Jaguars defense and the Cowboys offense. Getting back to Ezekiel Elliott, uh, I, I think. What they did was, you know, they realized that Ezekiel Elliott is the main threat of this offense. But that also doesn't necessarily mean you have to give him 40 target, 40 touches in order to run the ball. Using Zeke as a um, constraint, I mean, using constraints off of Zeke. Uh, has been effective and and I think you know the play action bootleg thing worked for a while until they got got that done and then when it when the, they stopped doing that they did other stuff and and i think you know the the zone read uh was heavily influenced you know I, I think you know, people were talking about Dak Prescott's running game I mean the, all of Dak's running had very much to do with the fact that they were concerned with trying to tackle Zeke Elliott and uh you know that they were that Dak was able to pull the ball out and and you know they were had some nice play design on some of these zone reads that included some blocking in front of them and I specifically think about that the one that 20 plus yard run that he ran that uh, up the sideline and then the touchdown run. And I think you know he's he's getting the ball outside. He's making good choices um, when to pull the ball. And teams are like I said more concerned about Ezekiel Elliott beating them than they are uh, Dak Prescott. The the point is is that when they choose when they choose Zeke to stop, you have to make them wrong. Like that's the thing that that I think that hasn't been happening at times is that they've been. Teams have found ways to focus on Zeke in the zone read, but Dak hasn't always made them wrong. Uh, and I think that uh, uh, I think that we saw a lot more of that. And then you, you saw even further a development of that going into RPOs, you know, and then the and the run pass options, you know, being uh, deployed. It felt like a little bit more um, with with some of this. So I, I feel like when you get that, you know, that kind of third way involved whether it's you know it's Zeke running Dak running and then Cole Beasley catching the ball or Zeke running Dak running and Zeke catching the ball once you found if you could find that third element of of offense to kind of counterbalance and then just run you know constraints all off of each other uh, they have found something there that's it's really difficult to defend and I think if you go back and watch the game early in the game, they established that they were going to stretch the field vertically and horizontally. And I think that's really where they found all the space that they could to operate.
1: I want to talk a little bit more about this offense, but let's pause. So I can tell you guys about my bookie. Remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online and their mobile site is easy to use lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past. And that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score. Each game Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's talk about the Cowboys wide receivers. We mentioned him in the beginning, but Cole Beasley had a monster day. Uh, he had 11 targets in this one, 9 catches for 101 yards, 2 touchdowns, uh, I was kind of surprised that Jacksonville didn't put Jalen Ramsey or AJ Boye on him. They seemed content to let Tyler Patman try to cover him uh, in the middle of the field, and that did not work. Uh, what did you see from Beasley on Sunday?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that uh, I don't know that it would have made too much more difference. Right? I mean, I think it would have made some difference, sure. but I think Beasley was feeling it. And I think, first of all, I think he's. Kind of finally coming around to being healthy I think that's it, i don't, too. I, I, don't agree. I, I i think that I think he's you know been struggling with a hamstring thing since uh since training camp really um you know he had a lower leg inj- lower body injury they were trying to limit him. You know, they they didn't talk about it very much. It was very quietly. Suddenly, he was just out of the lineup for the last part of training camp. You well, know? then and he that, also was dealing with
1: an ankle injury over the last few weeks. Remember, he hurt his yeah, ankle in so, practice, and he's been kind of been on and off every once in a while. Yeah, so
0: I think he's finally kind of coming around and feeling good again, which is nice. Um, uh, you know, I think the matchup uh, had a lot to do with it as well. I mean, I don't think it's just that Patman is not great. I think it, you know, he knows Patman thoroughly. I mean, he's been playing sure. against him since college. So, uh, you know, I think that also played to it. But I also think at the same time that, uh, you know, they, were exploiting a lot of zone, you know? And I think, I don't know that Patman was, uh, you know, his coverage was so bad as much as that they were able to find spaces open in in zone overall. You know, I think the times that he was one-on-one – uh He was getting beat as well but i I feel like eventually they they decided to kind of move to zone to try to see if they could slow down the the running aspect of what was going on uh and then the cowboys you know, kind of beat him on that as well so um I think you know it another thing that that really helped too is getting that gallop both of those gallop passes really even the one that got called back because um you know, first of all, that was against boy- Boye. Yes. And, and 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 I think that, you know, getting upfield and getting, uh, uh, you know, having him elevate and catch that ball over Boye's head, first of all, it it knocked some, oh boy, like this isn't, this isn't, you know, it, it made them legitimize that wide receiver core yes. suddenly, you yes. know, because there was, they obviously didn't come in with any kind of, respect for this wide receiver core, and i'm not suggesting that they necessarily should have but that you know they they, they did pay for it so uh i i think that uh and then you know the touchdown catch that that ended up being called back even even though it got, it got called back I, I have to think that that was in their mind right like that that was actually you well that Dak was going to challenge like them down
1: the field i don't yeah, think he was exactly. afraid of that. And even there was a play later on
0: um it was to, to t- save on Austin against against uh, uh, Ramsey. Yeah, where he where Austin had like five steps well, on, on. That's Ramsey. not even
1: the one I was thinking. There was one. Uh, actually, there was two of them where Dak threw the ball down the field to Hearns uh, with Ramsey on him. One time Hearns didn't see the ball, and the other time. Oh
0: my gosh, I want to see that at twenty two because that was a perfect. I think throw, it, was I'm too. it was supposed sure. to be
1: a back shoulder throw, and Hearns just acted like he was just kind of going through the motion. So yeah, I agree. That's yeah. one that I, I want to see. Um, one more quick note before we move on to the defense. Uh, it was nice to see Rico make another play. So back-to-back weeks that Rico has made a decent play. They ran the the, the PA boot with Rico. He caught it maybe three yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Uh, you saw his athleticism turn it into a 14-yard gain. If the Cowboys can figure out a way to get Rico one, two, three set plays a game to get him involved, I think their offense is going to become a, a little bit more dynamic. It, it's It's encouraging to me that you're at least – Seeing the Cowboys try to use him more, um, there was actually a play, in this one where Rico was running up the seam, and it was it, it, he could have had a touchdown. It would have been a, a tough throw by Dak, but the fact that they're at least using him, you know, in different ways is encouraging. So, any quick thoughts on Rico before we move on?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's still good with bad, and but I mean, he's definitely earning spots and catches, which is great. And I think, you know, on the catch that he had, that was all about his physicality. I think he did a great job of kind of doing the turnstile block, you know, at blocking down and then turning his body back out to break outside. You know, he presents a great target on those routes specifically yep. because it's tough It's tough for, you know, someone to completely cover him, uh, you know, in, in, in that sort of situation. So it, it, it makes you... It, it makes you hesitate running out to try to, like, tackle Dak immediately because you know that he can dump it off to Rico. I, I, the, the one thing I will say, that the thing I'll say that he needs to work on is—not work on, but I think I want to see more of. And somebody pointed this out, and so I'm not taking credit for it. But, you know, he kind of braced for those hits. Like, I want to see him attacking defenders. They don't want to tackle him. Sure. Like, that's the thing he needs to remember is that when he has the ball— Like, he has the advantage. None of those dudes want to tackle you. No No one wants to tackle an offensive tackle. I don't care who you are, even a linebacker. Especially, you know, Miles Jackson, 220 pounds. You outweigh this guy by 60 pounds. (laughs) Deal some punishment, man. Like, that's, like, that's, don't just brace, like, Lean into it and hurt some people if they're going to try to tackle you. I, that's that's what I would like to see to be his next step because I feel like that that's really what's going to make him special as a receiver. You know, it's not just that he you know he can get the ball. He's not the above the rim player that we all thought. He's a big target who can catch the ball and then rumble. I want to see him rumble like a train through people because I think he has the kind of physicality and body to do that. And let's see that kind of development
1: going as a receiver. The way that the best way that I can compare it. He's not Jimmy Graham, but he's almost no, more yeah. Martellus Bennett in the sense of that's yes, how he's going to play. Exactly. Yeah, he's a
0: he's a big-bodied guy, but he is not like even just because he's a basketball player. Like, there's an assumption that he's going to sky up or get jump balls, and he might just because he's he is tall and he's got long sure. arms, but he doesn't have the vertical that every. He's not like an an athletic or nimble jumper specifically, or he's not really nimble anything No, no, but he's but he's big and lumbering and he's a big target and if you can get him the ball and he can complete it again nobody's gonna want to tackle this dude it's 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 a huge it's it's a lot like you know tackling Brandon Jacobs like he wasn't exceptionally a great running back but man he was not fun to tackle
1: so Rico played 14 snaps this week that's probably the range I want to see him in somewhere between 12 and 20 snaps depending on the game plan I'll just mention Blake Jarwin played 22 snaps I wouldn't mind seeing those snaps be reversed but that's for a, a different show. Let's go ahead and uh, real yeah, quick. Yeah, go ahead. Swame. Swame. Because we I,
0: I just want to mention him. He had another two catches uh, for, uh, I think, 10 yards each. Uh, I like what we're seeing out of Swaim. Yeah, he's he's really really started to come around. I think his blocking has gotten really solid and g- to good and he as a receiver, uh, I think he's got something. You know, he's got a little wiggle to him as as a, as a, he can move a lot better than I even remember and I think as he's catching more and more passes, uh he's becoming more and more comfortable with, with the ball in his hands.
1: Yeah, so somebody asked me on Twitter this week what I thought about Swaim and I said I I've been impressed. Now I don't think he's I still don't think he's a tight end 1 in this league. I think he can be a really good tight end 2 and you're seeing that. I mean, he's he's adequate at the very least. So, it's encouraging what you've seen from the tight end group this season. I actually don't think that's been a big problem this year. They've gotten some good production, uh, especially on the ground from the group. So, overall decent play from the tight end group. Let's get to defense and the Cowboys for the most part shut down Jacksonville. Uh, They gave up just 204 total yards, most of that being garbage yards at the end of the game. Uh, Blake Bortles was 15 of 26 for 149 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, They didn't really get much going on the ground. Bortles was really their most effective runner. Uh, How did the Cowboys shut down Jacksonville in this contest? Well, I mean, I I just don't know
0: that they had – Jacksonville had the talent to kind of deal with what was happening, especially the Cowboys front seven. I mean, I think it, it, it's officially time to start having a conversation about what's going to happen with Sean Lee when he gets back, because the linebacker play has been absolutely outstanding. I mean, just like not even like last year, we used to dread Sean Lee missing a game because of obviously that how, you know, what it meant for our defense and, and, how terrible! You it usually meant that our group was playing. Now they're playing at such an insanely high level and and without Sean Lee, that it's you know it's 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 shocking. It's shocking not only what Leighton Vander Esch has done, but but also how Jalen Smith has come around. Uh, and then I think you know you know they we've talked about how this defensive line has played down to their talent at times, and that that has been an issue. I think. Getting David Irving back even in limited uh, – I, mean, I, I want to I mean, talk about him gracious. because, my goodness, I mean, that yes, was we'll fun. T- we'll, talk, we'll talk about David specifically, but, I mean, getting David back, Randy kind of rounding into shape, Malik Collins, getting Malik Collins back. I mean, just – I think getting an interior pass rush back, presence back has – worked wonders for this team because they didn't maybe didn't get as many sacks as they have in some of these other games, but there was a ton of pressure all game long. And, and, uh, and it's not like there was a a lot of room for, for, uh, mortals to operate. So I think in the Dorrance Armstrong, obviously getting a, a huge bump in snaps because of, uh, what's going on with DeMarcus Lawrence. I thought he played really well. You know, I just think that, you know, your younger guys are starting to round even more into shape again. Like I don't. Is this the trend? I, we don't know. But this is the benefit of playing with a young team. Is that, yeah, you're gonna have your your growing pains early. But if you can survive that, then your guys get valuable experience. And then as the season goes on, some sometimes your young players end up growing into being some of your best players. Uh, and so we're seeing, you know, we're seeing that on the defensive side, like basically across the board. So uh, I think the defense especially the front seven uh, played absolutely lights out. And I I think it has everything to do with the injection of talent there and this team kind of congealing around what they have.
1: Let's talk about the defensive tackles first. Uh, And we're going to get to David Irving in a second, but this is the first time in, I guess I'll have to go back and check, but the first time they've had Tyrone Crawford, Malik Collins and David Irving all on the field in a long time. And that's how they won this game because they just destroyed the interior of Jacksonville's offensive line which is actually pretty good. I mean, they've got some good players there between Linder and Khan, uh and some of the other guys. Norwell. Yeah, and, and Norwell. So um, I, I thought Tyron Crawford was good. Daniel Ross played a little bit, and I thought he was he was fine. But David Irving uh, played 22 snaps, uh, but by the end of that game, he, he looked like he was gassed. But in the first handful of snaps, you saw exactly why the Cowboys have stuck with David Irving all this time because when he's on the field – I think you can make the case that he's the best defensive lineman they have, and that's including DeMarcus Lawrence and maybe one of the top 10 most impactful defensive linemen in the entire league. His first snap, he got a uh, a quarterback hit on Bortles, and then on the the fourth down punt, if it wasn't for a hold, he would have blocked the punt. I I mean, he's just an incredible athlete. Uh, What did you see from David Irving against Jacksonville?
0: I mean, I saw exactly what I expected to see. Like, and this is the thing that I, I mean. I feel like you know, everyone's been asking why are we keep why are we doing this with David Irving? Why are we, because David Irving is like Randy Gregory. D- these are these these two guys are freaks of nature, guys. Like they are born to do what they're do what they do. They're you know they're able to step off of the bus after not playing in 300 plus days and on the first snap trying to uh, you know almost getting a sack and then on the second snap almost blocking a punt right. and i mean you know like i mean they're just they're just like that you know and so uh you know david irving is is immensely immensely talented he's a total freak of nature and so he is the one of the only few guys who you could believe could cup do that sort of thing. So you know I, I would say that I was surprised, but I I, I frankly wasn't. I, I mean I I I j- David Irving has not given us a lot of things to believe in uh, as far as off the field. But he's given us a lot to believe in sure. about how he is on the field, man. And every single time he's on the field, he is a threat to destroy something. So Uh, Having him back and then talking about the larger defensive tackle group, I mean, yes, I think it's made all the difference. I mean, it's not the difference between Antoine Woods and Crawford trying to get as many snaps as you can out of those guys so, so the hopes that your defensive tackle rotation is decent and to going to where Tyrone Crawford and Antoine Woods are are basically the you know rotational guys because you've got Collins and Irving back. I mean, Collins really specifically I think we need to point out having him back was such a godsend for the Steve's yeah. to tackle Be- just because of the rotation, no, you know, the number of snaps he's able to eat up, the rotation he, a, a true pass rush specialist there, uh, you know, giving you at least one other guy who could give you good pass rush against, you know, one-on-one situations. Tyrone Crawford is now suddenly not the only d- interior guy who's going to give you pass rush. And and then you add in Irving on limited snaps who is, you know, the true trump card inside. And and now you you've I mean that's just such a it's it's hard to put into words how how much of a difference that is for the that interior group because now you've got better players taking more of those snaps, and now a guy like Tyron Crawford who's playing, you know, a limited solid number of snaps where he's playing with his hair on fire the entire time. It, it just, you know, it's exponentially creates a lot more talent situations and, and an ability to get your talented guys in when you need them the most.
1: Really quickly on Malik Collins, he had nine pass rushing snaps yesterday, uh, finished with a sack, three pressures, a quarterback hit, and a hurry. On Nine pass rushing snaps. Uh, I, yeah. I, I know a lot of people have given up on Malik Collins, but this is a 23-year-old defensive tackle who had five sacks as a rookie. He's just had some really bad injury luck. I still think when he's healthy, at the very worst, he's a low-end starter in the league. And if he's now part of your rotation, if he's in your second unit, uh, that's a pretty fantastic defensive line uh, grouping. We only have a couple minutes left on the show. Uh we kind of touched on the linebackers a little bit. I want to talk about Byron Jones. Another phenomenal game by Byron Jones. Uh, I, I'm not sure if they completed a pass on him. He had back-to-back pass deflections on, on one of those series out there. Uh, just playing playing the best football of his career. I mean, I, I don't even know what more to say about Byron Jones. What did you think of, of him on Sunday? Well, I mean, I...
0: I tweeted I tweeted out a picture of uh of Jalen Ramsey looking sour on the uh, on the sideline and I said that feeling when you see, see the actual best cornerback in the NFL. Um I, I mean Byron Jones is playing at as good as any defensive back in the NFL. You know? I yeah, I, I, think, I agree. you know he he doesn't have a ton of interceptions or you know maybe the, some of the stats aren't there. He had three pass deflections on 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 Sunday. Um, but I think you know you you've seen him against a, a whole bunch of different players now, and he's just been extremely difficult to get a, a pass on. Uh, and I think it's it's been a huge part of why this Cowboys defense has been as good as it's been. So um, uh, yeah, I mean it's kind of tough to it's kind of tough to talk a lot about a guy who isn't even being challenged at this point very much. Uh, And when he is, he's uh, (laughs) skewing the balls pretty, pretty regularly. So, uh, yeah, Byron Jones is playing lights out. And I, and I think that the, you know, the other side of the ball played really well too, whether that was Anthony Brown or, or Jordan Lewis, I think, you know, they both played really well on Sunday and, you know, Lewis getting a, uh, uh, fumble recovery and Brown at several times being challenged up the field and running st- uh, step for step for with guys like Chark and and you know other guys like that. So uh, you know, I think overall the defensive backfield played well. You know, this specifically the the corners.
1: All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, you can follow Lyndon at McCoolBCB. Make sure you check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier and we will see you next time.